Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello, women's basketball fans. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Women's Basketball. I am your Tuesday, Thursday host, Erica Lindsay Ayala. And today is the day, folks. It's game three. We could potentially see the end of the WNBA season today. However, the Las Vegas Aces, of course, will have something to say about that. In case you missed it, Abe, in case you missed it, Amy Audibert and Gabe Ibrahim did a fantastic job of recapping game two. I think it's really great analysis. Amy and Gabe also talk about what Vegas and Seattle will need to do to win game three. Of course, if Seattle wins, they get home, they get to take home the trophy. If Las Vegas wins, we go to game four. So if you haven't listened to Monday's show, I suggest you check that out. On today's episode, and Gabe keeps uh, setting me up here to talk about some wobble tea, and every week I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know, with with no James Wade in the wobble, how am I going to talk about wobble tea? But I think we're going to do that through awards season. Now, I talked a little bit about Candace Parker a few weeks ago, and defensive player of the year, Candace Parker. Congratulations to Candace Parker. I didn't get a media vote, but I didn't think that Candace Parker was the best defensive player of the year. I think one of my top candidates is still in the WNBA finals, and that's Alicia Clark. Alicia Clark, I think another one of my top players for defensive player of the year was in the semifinals. That's Alyssa Thomas, but the award went to Candace Parker. Now that is a media award. The coaches vote for WNBA uh, all defensive teams, first team and second team. And for the first time in WNBA history, the defensive player of the year was not on the first team or second team as voted by the coaches. So what's the Wubble T? The Wubble T is that your WNBA voting media and your active WNBA coaches have a very different opinion of what it takes to be at least the best defensive player in the league, one of the best. And do I think this is a big deal? Not really. I'm not losing any sleep over it. Doesn't make, uh, you know, I, I liked defensive first and second team. So let's go over it real quick. So for all defensive team, Alyssa Clark, Alicia Clark, unanimously selected all defensive first team. This was the announcement on September 29th. She received the maximum 11 votes by WNBA head coaches. And of course, Seattle Storm cannot vote for Clark. So that's why it's max 11 votes. Um, the other players to be on all defensive first team, that is Benajah Laney. She had 47 points 
in the voting as compared to Clark's 55 points. Phoenix Mercury, Brianna Turner, really like this pick, 43 points. And Connecticut Sun, Alyssa Thomas, 39 points. Elizabeth Williams, Dream Center, 24 points. All defensive second team, Brianna Stewart, 33 points. Nafisa Collier, 30 points. Ariel Adkins, 25 points. And Brittany Sykes, 24 points. Asia Wilson at 21 points. And they had Asia Wilson at center, which, um, I don't know. I thought Asia plays forward for the Aces. Maybe she goes back and forth. But the four and five are a little tough for me sometimes, just using the eye test. Anyway, yeah, because Carolyn Swords is, is their center. Either way, um, I like these picks. Uh, do I think anyone is missing? To me, no. However, there was a lot of hoopla and to-do about Candace Parker being left off. And you know what? I got myself in the middle of this Candace Parker conversation because I tweeted during the semifinals that AT, Alyssa Thomas, was playing defense like she was Defensive Player of the Year. Now, again... I don't. I wouldn't have voted for Candace Parker as Defensive Player of the Year. Was I being? T- yeah, I was being a little tongue in cheek. I was, you know, ramping it up for social media. But the people in my mentions, my goodness, you know, and you've got t- people from the Los Angeles Sparks and and etc. And I get it. You want to hold down your player and your organization. I get that. That's totally fine. Here's the thing though. My job as as a member of the media is to talk about the drama, especially I have a podcast and I talk about Wobble Tea on the podcast. So yeah, I'm going to talk about the drama. I'm also going to give my opinion. I write analysis. You know, so I don't just do podcasting. Podcasting is when I can have a little bit of fun. But when I write, I'm either doing features or I'm doing analysis. So do I think that Candace Parker was the best defensive player of the year? No. Do I think that perhaps she could have found her way onto one of these teams? Maybe. Maybe. So with the defensive teams, unlike what we saw for the rookie team, you know, these are by position. Um... It's really interesting that some of the awards are by position, so you have to have two guards, two forwards, and a center, and others not so much. Like the all-rookie team, the only player that was not registered as a guard was Satu Sabali. Now, of course, I wrote about how she's basically a unicorn, and a lot of people believe that, but she's not, let's let's keep it real, she's not a point guard. She can handle the ball well enough, but she's not bringing it up the court. But everybody else on the all-rookie team was a guard. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know these these awards, who gets to vote, what MVP means. That one drives me up a wall. Best player on best team, I don't subscribe to that. I subscribe to using the words to classify the definition. Most valuable to their team. So there you go. Um, So that was something that came out. We also had the all-WNBA team. And my goodness, people got mad at me on this too. Some people in in WNBA basketball call me auntie. But let me tell you why they got mad at auntie. 
All right, we're going to get back to Wubble Tea, but first I want to tell you about our good friends. You know them, you love them, rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your own car is to save money so that then you can use it for important things like your mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts as a chain store or new car dealership? Here's the thing, you wouldn't. That's why you're going to head over to rockauto.com. That's a family business that has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, at rockauto.com, the prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car, your truck, whatever vehicle you own. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the part your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so for 2020 All-WNBA, you had two players that were unanimously selected, and that was Asia Wilson and Candace Parker. So again, we see that... Um, Okay, so this is a national panel of sports writers. So this is not the coaches. So Candace Parker makes the all WNBA team. She and MV, um, MVP Asia Wilson were the only unanimous selections. Um, I don't, I don't know that I think Candace Parker was one of the top three players in the league at any position. Um, so I don't know. Again, the unanimous selection, a little bit surprising for me. Asia Wilson, less surprising. But here we go. This is what we have for your all WNBA first team. Asia Wilson, Candace Parker, Brianna Stewart. Um, or excuse me, Brianna Stewart, Courtney Vandersloot, and Arike Ogumbawale. Now also let me tell you what Auntie, Auntie had to say about Arike. There were 15 voters that voted Arike to the second team. I also was being a little bit hyperbolic when I said that she should have been a unanimous selection. Slightly hyperbolic, but actually, like, come on. Leading, leading the league in points per game. Absolutely put Dallas on her back time in and time out. And, you know, people had clapbacks for this as well. Listen, I'm fine that Arige is on the first team. I even understand it's hard to get unanimous votes. So do I think that she could have been one of the players? I think so, yes. But she wasn't. I mean, Arike snuck in 29 votes for first team, 15 for second team. I just, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. How she was just like, just, just in there. She got 190 votes. Diana Taurasi got 150 votes. Diana Taurasi, great, had some really great games. I don't think she was a top five player in the league this year. I really don't. So, I don't know. Just the voting there, a little bit wild for me. Here's another thing that I want to address. 
before we get into our next segment and I give you the all WNBA second team. Again, I am a podcaster. I am a sports writer. And yeah, I, I was a fan. I think I see the game more as an analyst these days. If I take to my personal Twitter account, that's just what it is. My personal take. I don't have to... Um, <laughs> someone told me that I should be say thank you and be grateful. I, I don't, I, I'm not sure how to react to that because this isn't my award. I didn't even get to vote on the award. I do think Arike should be on all WNBA first team. And I was just trying to give her some love. Like, what was everyone else seeing that she was the last one in? But to ask someone whose job it is to be grateful, to be grateful about a selection and to not analyze it, I mean, that's actually my job. Maybe this person didn't know that I was a sports writer. I mean, it's right there in my bio, so I don't know. But, folks, analysts have takes. That's what we do. A Las Vegas Aces team that gets to the line a lot in the season. They get to the they got to the line more than any other team. Only got five free throw attempts. That's a that's an interesting observation. And Bill said something which is a phrase that people use. We got no favors from the referees. Something to that effect. Folks, first of all, what he's saying is that he felt it was a lopsided game. I would agree with Bill. Bill also said that a massive part of the game was turnovers. Hey, Hoops fans, I am here to talk to you about Built Go. This is the best way for you to break through your walls, whether it's a physical wall, a mental wall, break through it with Go every day. It's an easy 1.5 ounce package. You can fit it in whatever day bag you have, and it's the best workout gel on the market. Five hours of energy without that same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's kind of like drinking a monster drink, but with a third of the caffeine and better results. And comes in three delicious flavors, chocolate mint, chocolate coconut, and peanut butter honey. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast and it's easy on the stomach. Collagen protein promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So this stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! Let's see, Diana Taurasi, I didn't think she was a top five player. She heads the all WNBA second team, got 150 votes, so right behind Arike and Gumbawale. She is joined by Dewana Bonner from the Connecticut Sun, Nafisa Collier from Minnesota, Skylar Diggins-Smith from Phoenix, and Maisha Hines-Allen from Washington. I know a lot of people are shocked to see Diana Taurasi on the second team. I think that's fine. Dewana Bonner, probably also fine. I, I, I think you could make the argument, but I think I think I'm okay with Dewana Bonner on the second team. Nafisa as well. Skylar Diggins-Smith. 
As far as guards are concerned, yeah, probably. That's probably about right. I think maybe there are a few other guards that could have gotten some love here. I mean, there's no Sue Bird, and her team is in the finals. Um, Sue Bird, though, had a lot of injury, so that totally makes sense. I think that's also why Diana Taurasi probably on the second team. With Skylar, I think down the stretch she had some really good games, but I think she was, uh, you know, finding her footing, which makes total sense early in the season. Maisha Hines-Allen got a lot of love for most improved player. Um, a little bit surprising for me to see Maisha Hines-Allen on here. A little bit surprising, but understandable. So those are my thoughts. So here we go. In honor of their accomplishments, each member of the all WNBA first team will receive $10,300 and each member of the second team will receive $5,150. Last thing I'll say about this is we've been seeing players kind of take to Twitter and social media to talk about whether media should have votes at all. And also part of the conversation. Let's debate it. But here's the thing. I read that last piece intentionally. In honor of their accomplishments, each player of the first team will receive $10,300 and each member of the second team will receive $5,150. They're getting bonuses based on how media vote. And so media, we need to take this seriously. I am not proposing that people don't, but I, I just, again, I don't know. I, I can't speak to the process because I'm not a part of the process, but, um, you know, I, I just, I, I just think that it, it's worth criticizing, I guess is really what I'm saying. I can't speak to people's process or how they make their determinations. I do know that there are national voters, so people who cover the league all around, all 12 teams, and then there are player, or excuse me, voters that come specifically from their, um, one of the 12 markets. So they're probably more locked in, if you will, to a specific team. So hopefully that offers some balance, but I think absolutely it's worth criticizing. And I just think it's funny that um, when it comes to all WNBA, there are a lot of people that focused in on that one voter, that one voter who did not have Brianna Stewart as um, their first team. And so she also, she was not also a unanimous selection. But again, I, I focused right in on 15 people. 15 just seems like a lot of people to not know that Arike Agumbawale was not just good for Dallas, but she was good for the WNBA. And you know, my take, miss me with she's on a team that didn't make the playoffs. Miss me with that. If you take away Arike's points, does Dallas have as many wins? Do they have as many close games without Arike? I'm pretty sure the answer is no. So, yeah, Dallas was a contender for to be a playoff team right down to the wire, down to the last game of the season. They did lose some down the stretch that, that where they could have um, really taken that into their own hands, uh, but they also lost Satu Sabali down the stretch to concussion. So miss me with Arike doesn't deserve 
this award or doesn't deserve more credit or doesn't deserve, you know, anything because her team wasn't in the playoffs. This is an individual award. Individually, she had a fantastic season. She had an even better season than she did her rookie year where she was a contender for rookie of the year. So I I don't know. I don't know what folks want. Happy for the debate. Let's debate it. But, you know, don't don't tell reporters uh, to be grateful or just to say thank you and move on. Our job is to analyze. And and that's what we do. So more analysis from me, Erica Lindsay Ayala, coming up next. Folks, come on. Just gotta gotta keep people uh, on their toes. Keep them honest. Anyway, we're going to get a little bit into game three. Like I said, Gabe and Amy, they set me up so well. If you're not listening to their show back and forth, mostly, most of the time I'm talking to myself, right? I might give you a clip here and there from a media scrum or something like that. But I'm talking I'm talking to myself. Well, I'm talking to y'all, but I'm, I'm, I'm in the conversation by myself at the time. But Gabe and Amy have this great back and forth. You can hear that, uh, you know, they have... Um, so much love for Miami. Uh, so you hear them talk about the finals, the NBA finals a little bit. Um, but but they did a great job, I thought, really breaking down both teams on Monday. I just want to add a little ELA flavor to it. People don't like WNBA, NBA comps. I get that. I believe that. But there's one thing that I think deserves to be mentioned. The the Las Vegas head coach is none other than bad boy Bill Ambeer. And if bad boy Bill Ambeer and his team want to advance, they have to start playing like they know what's up with Coach Lambeer. We're not talking silly headbands and bad haircuts, no. We're talking about the throw them bows, knuck if you buck style of basketball. Now listen, I personally think Bill got a little bit extra with his when he played. I don't think that he coaches that way, but he does coach and always wants to see relentlessness, relentless, relentless, relentless basketball. And I almost feel as though Las Vegas has been keeping something in the tank. They cannot do that tonight. I want to see the physical play. I want to see Las Vegas tangling it up. But in order for Las Vegas to play that way, again, Amy, Gabe did a great job talking about this. They have to run the ball through Asia Wilson. And so D-Rob, D-Rob has been doing great getting her shots, getting her buckets. McBride opened up that shooting a little bit more. I think we're going to need more of that in game three. And those things have to happen as well. But what I want to see is McBride set up Fake the shot, dump that in to Asia. Quick pass, in the shooting motion, plop it down to Asia, up. You have to get this Seattle team out of sorts. Seattle runs and operates like a fine-tuned machine. What happens when you override a machine? It starts to fritz. They need to override Seattle. They need to be physical with Seattle. They need to get Seattle frustrated. They need to get the the modem hot. I want this to be a physical game. Now, I don't want anyone to lose teeth. I don't want black eyes. 
you gotta you gotta you know know how to contain it a little bit but there was a timid there was a timid approach almost like las vegas was a little bit afraid to unleash their beast it's winter go home las vegas has to they have to dig deep they're all in all in las vegas and if you're all in that means you got to do whatever it takes and eight and the aces they got to get a little angry they got to get a little angry if they want to win this game. So what does that mean for Seattle? Seattle has to be unbothered. You know what gets a hothead mad? Is when they are upset and you are unfazed. Hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Feeling good as hell. That's that's how they ate. And, and, and why wouldn't they play like that? They're up two games to none. They're relaxed. But they're also relentless. Seattle plays with the expectation that they're going to win. Not because they're arrogant, but because they work hard. Because they know what it takes. Every little piece of the machine, they, are, they, they know what it takes. They have everything well-oiled, inspected. And in case anything falls apart, they have the replacement part right there. Boom. Gabe and Amy talked about that, the bench. I mean, again, can I just, I just want to, I just want you to listen to Monday's show, basically. I'm bringing a little bit of the sass, a little bit of the tea, but they did a great job talking about this. That's what Seattle's going to do. Here's what you don't want to happen. And I don't necessarily think we're going to have this problem with Seattle, but you don't want to relax so much that you give the other team hope. Even even if Vegas wins game three, you play so that there's enough reasonable doubt. You want Vegas double thinking, second guessing, everything. Foul calls, out of bounds, hustle, open shots, get in their head, have reasonable doubt, reasonable doubt. Right? I feel like I'm in a courtroom. All right? They're on the court, but reasonable doubt. Have them question everything. Okay, they win this game. Pull, pull a Tosh Cloud. Guarantee the series. Guarantee. Now, this is all gamesmanship. I've never been as talented in basketball as any of the players that are in that wobble. So I can't speak to that. I can analyze the basketball, but I don't know what it's like to be in that particular moment. But I've had, I've had my time in a few other sports and a few other things. And both teams are going to be prepared. And both teams know that the other team is prepared. Both teams know what the other team wants to do. So it's not about skill. It really isn't. The skill is already there. It's a given. It's guaranteed. Each have weapons that when deployed to perfection are unstoppable. So that means that it's about execution. It's about following and seeing the plan through. And when the plan isn't working, 
to replace the parts as quickly and efficiently as possible. And the team that's been able to do that throughout this finals has been the Seattle Storm. The Aces need to take care of the basketball. Seattle doesn't get turned over very often, but if the Aces can figure out a way to do it, good on them. But yeah, the work, the strive for perfection is most profound for the Aces. As they have their backs up against the wall, they lose, they go home. (laughs) Well, everybody goes home. Seattle is a team. When Brianna Stewart guarantees something, she gets it done. Sue Bird hasn't lost a championship in her life. In her life. Every time she's played for the ship, she's won it. The Aces have to find a way to throw a wrench into that final machine that is the Seattle Storm. I don't know, folks. I've been saying that this this series is going to go five games. In order for my prediction to be correct, that means I absolutely have to take Las Vegas. I have to take Las Vegas tonight. I wrote about it in the New York Times. I want to see that moxie. I want to see I want to see the grit. I want to see the knuck if you buck style basketball. First of all, I think it'll be entertaining. Um, but second of all, I think it's what Las Vegas is going to need. They need to get more comfortable. And that seems to be their comfortable style of play. is a physical play, pounding the paint, getting to the foul line. And in order to do that, you have to be aggressive. There's a whole cheer about that. For Seattle, more of the same. Play like you know how the game is going to go. And then do all of the things that you know it takes. Reverse engineer. Begin with the end in mind. That's how Seattle approaches it. It's very analytical, cerebral. And a way to get a a system that is cerebral out of whack is to bring the fire. Bring the fire. I'm excited. We've got game three tonight. I'll be back with you on Thursday. Tomorrow, Wednesday, you've got Lindsey Gibbs and, of course, Friday with Howard Megdal doing a deep dive. Are we going to do a deep dive into Game 5, or will we have our champion? You have to watch tonight to find out. This has been Erica Lindsay Ayala for Locked on Women's Basketball. If you aren't already, make sure you subscribe to Locked on Women's Basketball and rate and review the show. We want to amplify women's basketball and the voices that we bring on. Didn't have any guests today, but have a special Social Justice Thursday for you. Natalie Achanwa is going to join me on the show. And we have a really powerful conversation about the love letter that I talked about last week, Win With Black Women, as well as some of the things Natalie is doing as a Canadian-born resident of Indiana when it comes to voting, voter registration, working uh, the voting polls, etc., so I'm really excited for that conversation. If you're not already, follow at Locked on WBB on social media. And you can find me at elindsay 8 on Twitter and Instagram. Until Thursday, get your snacks ready for tonight. Game three of the 2020 WNBA Finals. Erica Lindsay Ayala, out. <laughs>